Hello and welcome into the Nittany Gritty podcast brought to you by the good folks at New Amendment. I am your host, John Soffer, Penn State men's basketball and football beat reporter at the Center Daily Times. And I am joined by Penn State legend, Tim Frazier. Tim, how's it going? John, what's going on? It's been a minute. It's been, and it's been quite a week too. Uh, you know, there is... There is some moving and shaking in the Big Ten, right? Like you, uh, there are some uh, some losses piling up for some of these teams. I think that we did not expect some wins piling up. That you know, maybe there was some foreshadowing from us from la- in last episode, right? Like you didn't want to pat the grave, so to speak, just yet on Penn State, just because there was some upside to, to go on a little run, and they're uh, they're doing it here. It's a uh, it's a weird place to be, uh, but you know, it's uh, it's that time of year in college basketball. Things are exactly. going to get weird. And they're going to get weird for the next month. And then some team's going to win the national title. And we're all just going to go, huh, didn't see that coming. And that'll right. be it. And we'll run it back next year. As, That's as how it goes, goes but stuff. Uh, it goes around this. And right now, it's coming to March. Everybody starts beating up on each other. And guys start getting these crazy wins that, you know, you wouldn't expect. And, you know, and big-time players start stepping up and making names for themselves. And obviously, you know, leading us up to we we can see that happening right now at Penn State as well. Yeah, and that's a good place to take it with the X's and O's here. Uh, you know, Penn State back-to-back wins. Uh, this is and since we last recorded, I believe they're two and one. They had the loss to Maryland mixed in there, but you know that was one uh, we said we thought they could have gotten, but you know it, it didn't come to fruition. Uh, and I think some people were ready to call it a season after that loss, right? Some people were ready to say that you know postseason hopes were gone. Um, now, had they lost at Illinois. Uh, they, they might have been mm-hmm. right. It might not have been post or it might not have been NCAA tournament hopes gone. It might have been NIT hopes gone too. It was there was some blow up potential there. But to Penn State's credit, like they turned it around, and you know I, I don't think there's a ton of sense in talking about that Maryland game at this point, uh, just because like it isn't kind of what this team is right now, which is weird because they the, and it's like we said it's the ebbs and flows of college basketball it goes back and forth. But a big win against uh, an Illinois team that I think is top 25 in Ken Palm at home for Penn State. Uh, and then following it up with a big road win Saturday night in the barn at Minnesota, which is not a fun place to play. Uh, we've talked about it on here before mm-hmm. that uh, it is not a fun place to play. And it was at 9 p.m. Eastern time, which was fun oh. for absolutely nobody. I mean, I other than me, again, the sleep schedule, it was I thought it was great. Let's start every game at nine o'clock at night. And I'm thriving <laughs> at that hour. Uh, but yeah, this was. Like, uh, there's no reason to to bury the lead here. This is all about Jalen Pickett right now, yeah. right? Like, he carried this team the last two games, 72 points over those two games, uh, including putting, putting 41 up against uh, Illinois when, I got to tell you, man, it felt like everything he shot was going in. But the first half, he was taking these shots, and it was like, Oh yeah, he's he's probably got what like twelve points at halftime, fourteen points at halftime. You look up, it's like oh he's got twenty four. I was like okay, yeah. I was like now we might be talking about something here. It was, I don't know that I've ever seen anything like that uh, from you know from a scoring standpoint in a in a Penn State uniform. Yeah, uh, before we even get you know how we praise Pickett because obviously his this this episode is going to be dedicated to him and praising him how great he's been he's over these last uh, week and a half. But yes, I, it is. I I will be the first to say you know after the loss to Maryland I you know I. I, ch- I chalked it up. I thought this was it. You know, they had lost, what was it, three, four games in a row. And we were headed back, or they had lost four games in a row. We were headed back to the, you know, the old Penn State. You know, we get there so close, and then we, we dropped the ball. And credit to Coach, credit to that team for being able to bounce back for that and be able to, you know, win two games in a row and keep their name right there in the mix of, of making the NCAA tournament. Because after that loss to Maryland, I'm sure everybody kind of chalked it up and said, hey, this season is done. Maybe we'll go to the NIT. Maybe. But, you know, let's let's start looking forward to the next guys coming in next year. 
But great players step up when the team needs them most. And and that's that's what Pickett has done this this last two games. Um, the team needed him. Uh, the basketball organization needed him for somebody to step up and be able to will his team to wins. And he did that. You know, like you said, the 41-point uh, game against Illinois, then to follow it back with 32 is – it's really in college is ridiculous. You know, you haven't seen numbers like that. And I don't know how long, you know, obviously you, you, we pick it has gotten all the, the uh, acknowledgement and recognition this week about the things and the, the pairs that he's gotten from the numbers that he's put up. I think one of them was the only person that's ever done it was, was Michael Jordan and LeBron or something crazy like that. You know to say? Pick it has done it. And, 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 yeah, it was, it was like a, the stat line he had over two games was, or I think it was over the two games. It was only done in any like in either the NBA mm-hmm. or college men's college basketball by LeBron and Steph Curry. And right. I gotta tell you, man, that's some pretty good company. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And it's to to do that and at the magnitude that he's done it, especially when the team needed to keep his hopes alive because this is his last year to keep his hopes alive of making an NCAA tournament this year. To do it, man, it's phenomenal. You can't do anything but you know take your hat and hat off to that guy as well because he led his team and you know I don't want to say it was all about him but he did a lot but those other guys played well as well you know what I mean I want to continue to give credit to Lundy like you said it and, and a couple weeks ago he's been the most consistent throughout this whole throughout this whole season and he was consistent again these last two games yeah and, and I think you know that that's a good leaping off point because you know I, I said we probably won't talk about the Maryland game but I think there is some stuff that maybe we should touch on here because it led into the other stuff right, right? it kind of there was there were moments in that game where you kind of saw like okay this is this is where it turns and this is what they're going to do to make it turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pickett playing incredibly well is obviously very helpful, uh, and we can talk more about him later um, and, and everything he's accomplished because it's been yeah. a lot. Um, but Kanye Clary really stepped oh, up yeah, in that yeah, Maryland yeah, game, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he you know as a, as a freshman guard uh, that's not easy as you've told us in the past it is not mm-hmm. easy an easy thing to do, right? He is. Uh, a generous 5'11", I believe, in the roster. Uh, he is, you know, that's not necessarily the size built for Big Ten play, uh, but he's strong uh, for his size. Uh, but he brings something that no one on the team has. We've talked about it before, too, but the speed right off the drip mm-hmm. with a quick first step, the ability to get to the rim, but he wasn't finishing earlier in the season. And yeah. it doesn't matter if you get to the rim, if you're putting a shot up and missing. Uh, he was not missing over the last couple of games, right? Over the last three games, really. That that Maryland game was the first time that he started getting to the rim and finishing through contact. He got to the free throw line a little bit. That's been the case the last three games. That's another discussion that we're going to have to have because we are mm-hmm. seeing fouls called uh, that we haven't seen called all year, and uh, especially for Pickett. Um, but Clary was drawing those fouls. He was getting to the rim. He was finishing. And that that pressure he puts on the rim, the the, the beauty and the the pain i guess of jalen pickett is that he's not a traditional guard in any sense right like he's not going to do what you were able to do and just beat guys off the bounce and get to the rim he can do that and he does it with more unorthodox dribble moves unorthodox movements rather than speed but he'll back guys down and get you to the rim that way but with clary he puts pressure on the rim with speed right he can blow by guys you see pickett get a matchup that you would think he would really like 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 someone like Stephen crowell from wisconsin or even zach Eady, right but he doesn't have the speed to necessarily blow by those guys Mm -hmm. Clary has that speed. Uh, and when you can put pressure on the rim like that, it opens everything else up. It allowed Pickett to take uh, shots off the catch. It allowed Andrew Funk and Seth Lundy to get into a rhythm. And it just kind of opened up the court offensively because for as, as you know much maligned as their defense has been uh, and was during the losing streak, and that was a major part of the problem, uh, they were also not playing 
offensively like they had prior to that this season right like you saw the the defense was just as bad but the offense was not just as good and so while the defense was bad there was reason to believe that the offense would be the thing that would improve and get them back to where they were and that's what happened and i think a lot of that is clary and that ability to get to the rim yeah i'm glad you say that because you know i noticed that as well him stepping up these last couple games as far as like you know it's not he's not putting the 41 up on the 30 points or anything like that, but he is impacting the game. You know, little by little, I think he was double figures in two of those games as far as points go. And, you know, you need that, especially, like you said, when the team was in the dumps, in the dumps and was rolling down, you know, in a, in a negative way, this guy was able, he was able to step up and kind of bring some positiveness to the to the team, you know, as far as, you know, somebody else stepping up and playing. And that kind of rolled in, and it's a trickle effect. That kind of rolled over into other guys. And I'm sure, you know, they had some tough practices leading up to, the Illinois game and, and to feel that, you know, they had beat Illinois before. It was obviously something else that was, you know, a positive influence in their mindset, knowing that, hey, we went to Illinois and beat them already. So, hey, we can beat them, beat this team again. Let's go ahead and take care of business. So I think him stepping up as well, obviously Pickett playing tremendously well. Lundy being consistent as he, as he has. And as you mentioned just just a moment ago, it was about that sometimes the defense isn't always there, but the offense is always – the offense has to be there. And for this team to continue to win, that offense has to be there. And it's been here, been there the last couple of games. If it's not Pickett it's, and these other guys and making shots as well. So they have the, the recipe for the to win for this season. You know, they've had great wins. They big wins as, at that. And they've had some bad losses. So you know what the recipe is and you know what you're not to put in your, in your meal. Hey, this time I put salt, pepper and it didn't work. How about this time I'm going to put something different, you know, and, and ketchup or mustard or whoever, whatever you want to call it on a burger. I don't know. But you got to go, you figure out what you, what tastes good and what works for you and uh, stick to that. Yeah. And, and I think it's funny you mentioned the, the hard practices thing because it actually, so guys talked about, yes, the practices were hard and, but they were good, right? Like they were competitive. They competitive. weren't, you know, like just run sprints for no reason or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Pickett talked about after the Illinois game, he said that between Maryland and Illinois, they kind of got back to showing good clips of film, right? And being more mm-hmm. positive and being more encouraging. Um, and I think it was after the Illinois game, I had asked uh, Micah about this, like, what, like, why make that change? Like, what was the decision? Uh, and he even said, and, and I give him a lot of credit for this because, listen, it's his second year as a D1 head coach. It's not easy. Uh, it's a tough transition. You know, he called it a learning. Like, it's all, he's, all, he's always learning, right? always yeah. figuring things out, always learning his guys better. Um, and he said that part of it was that they were just, it was something they respond to more. They're a veteran team. They don't necessarily need to be told like, Hey, you're mm-hmm. not pl-. like, they know, right? Like they, mm-hmm. they, they kind of get it that they're not necessarily playing well or something's going wrong. Um, and so they were able to be more positive. And, and he mentioned too, that part of that is the players were just acting more positively. Right. So it was yeah. easier to show them positive things and they build off of it. So uh, I do think like younger guys on the team, maybe it's a little more like you have to point out what's going on. Mm-hmm. But with this group, like they know, they know what's yeah. they're messing up. Sometimes you got to teach them how to fix it or encourage them to do something they weren't doing or, or encouraging them to d- go back to doing something that they were previously. But I think uh, a big part of it is is just like trusting that they're going to fix it. And I know that yeah. can be hard, right? Because a head coach, it's you're not you don't get to take the shots. You don't get to make the passes. So you just got to trust your guys sometimes. And I think I think Mike, to his credit, is trusting those guys. He's trusting Pickett. He's trusting Lundy. He's trusting Funk. 
Um, there was a moment too in that Wisconsin game. Uh, I don't know if we brought it up on here or not, but where Andrew Funk was like visibly like frustrated. Like he, yeah. th- that is the most even keeled kid on the planet, right? Like he does not get frustrated. And near the end of that game, he like had his hands up in the air and was being demonstrative um, about like with his frustrations. And I asked him about that last Monday and he was like, yeah, he's got to be like, he admitted he had to be better, right? Like these guys know they're self-aware. They're, they know what's going on. They know what, what they're doing. They know how they need to handle things. And listen, we talk about not wanting to peak too early. Um, losing four in a row in February is not great. I'm not going to pretend <laughs> it is, but it's also definitely not peaking too early, right? Like, like that is that is very much not hitting hitting your stride uh, before you need to. And I think the hope for Penn State now uh, is that they are hitting their stride, right? And yeah. that that this is turning into the next thing. And the next thing, and we can we can move on to the scouting report here, is important and as important as it gets because. They have to beat Ohio State, and then they have to beat Rutgers, and then you just got to find a way to split the last two. And then that magic number that we talk about all season, being 500 in Big Ten, it's right yeah. there, right? Yeah. Like it's three it's three and one. That's all it is. It's, it's you know, winning your home games and beating an Ohio State game that I think reeling would be an understatement. It is just kind of a train wreck over there in yeah. Columbus right now. Uh, it is it, – it's bad, uh, and the, the team kind of looks like it's given up, which – I mean, listen, when, when you keep losing the way they have, uh, I get it, right? Like, so, I, I'm, so. I'm not going to sit here and say that I would be the one pushing through that. Uh, you may push through it, but you are a better man than I. Uh, I, would, <laughs> I would be the one that was down in the dumps. Like, all right, let's chalk it up to next season. Uh, but, yeah, these, these next few now mean everything to this team. Yeah, they're huge. And we, we said it before the Maryland game. Hey, we have to start, you know, we have to get on a winning streak. And, and you know, we, you know, you said I thought they had a chance to go get Maryland. You, you, you pretty much knew that that wasn't going to work. But I, I think now it's all about winning as many games as possible. And like you said, splitting that last two. But, you know, for me, just knowing how much our what our the Penn State basketball name means in the committee. I say you go win both. You, you have to sit in your mindset. I, I, I honestly believe you sit in your mindset and you say, hey, we need to win these next two for sure. And then after that, we sit down again and we focus on that. We win these next, the last two. I think we set ourselves up for, you know, I mean, a higher um, availability to to not fall out. Because, you know, as right now, they've been in the next four in, first four out, you know, next, you know, they've been like around that for the last month or so or two months. And right now, I, I wouldn't give them a chance. Uh, I, I believe that, hey, they need to win these next four games. And then if you win these next four games, it, like you said, it's all about how you're trending, and right now you're trending with six games, six wins in a row. And and I think as a committee to watch that and see that, I think that 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 speaks volumes. Like these guys have won six games; they they had lost four and was able to win six games in a row and be be two big good teams. You know, especially right now the way Northwestern is playing is crazy. So really, you know, to beat those two games, beat those last two two teams at the end of the season is huge. And then going into the NCAA tournament where you're not forcing yourself to say, "Yeah, I have to win two or three games to get in." Yeah, and, and I I think you know the the crazy thing about them, and and listen, I don't think it, it's not like the uh, the Maryland game or, or Purdue mm-hmm. where I would have gone. And, and to be fair, I gave them some chance against Maryland, and they were mm-hmm. closer, uh, and and they had a shot, but they it it wasn't happening. Yeah. Uh, Maryland was not losing that game at home. Uh, they also destroyed Purdue at home, so that's yeah. how you know it was a bad omen for Penn State when Maryland yeah. was rolling like that at home. Um, but yeah, th- th- if they win these last four, there is a world where Penn State is one of the top four teams in the Big Ten standings. Yes. That's crazy. That is like, it's it's a sign of how batshit crazy this season has been. 
Like they would be 11 and 9, which is fine. Like it's a good team that should make the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. And they could be second or third in the Big Ten, get a double buy in the Big Ten tournament, and have their Big Ten tournament start on Friday instead of Wednesday. Because right now it's starting on Wednesday because they don't have the tiebreaker with with Wisconsin. They're tied for 10th. Wisconsin would be the 10th seed. Penn State would be the 11th seed playing Minnesota on the Wednesday of the Big Ten tournament. You win the next four. You don't play Wednesday. You don't play Thursday. You go straight to Friday. Uh, and you go straight to the NCAA tournament too, by the way. If they win these four, they're in. I no doubt in my mind they would be in the NCAA tournament if they win these next four games. Um but those next four aren't easy, uh, as, as you know, as we know. Um, Ohio State might be easy. I'm not going to lie. If they, I, I joked with some people uh, that if, 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 and this is not true, but maybe it is. Had they lost to Minnesota, maybe everyone should have just been fired and they should have cleaned house because that Minnesota team is down bad right now, mm. like down as bad as it gets. Uh, you know, and, and Ohio State, listen, it, it ain't much better over there. So, like, those are things are shaping up for the run that, that we've talked about. That when I talked about, I was ready to, uh, call it a season uh, after the I think it was the Wisconsin loss maybe yeah. uh, but then you look at the schedule it's like eh, maybe maybe like you know and you don't want to roll it out and this is why uh, but that Rutgers team too right Rutgers coming to the BJC that's a projected win according to Ken Palm, Ken Palm a projected one point win but Rutgers doesn't have Mawat Mag uh, one of their starters the rest of the year towards ACL and you know that's a they, they don't have a ton of depth right so you take mm-hmm. him out of the rotation suddenly you're asking guys that weren't being asked to play to now play meaningful minutes, you know, 15 to 20 minutes a night or guys that were playing, they're asked to take on a bigger role and they haven't like yeah. Rutgers hasn't really, you know, I think adjusted as well as they probably would have hoped to, to his injury and to like things going downhill. They've lost three or four with a close win over a Wisconsin team that I think at the end of the season, if we look at this, we look at Penn state's losses. Uh, the losses to Wisconsin are going to be the one that like have you scratching your head. Cause it's like, yes, I think Penn state's them. just better than that team. Uh, yeah, probably shouldn't have lost either of that game or either of those games and definitely should have at least split them. Uh, but again, Ohio State and Rutgers, like, th- th- I'll say it now, and I'm sure this is going to be a jinx, and I apologize to everyone uh, for jinxing this team. Uh, but I uh, I have friends who jinxed the Eagles on the Super Bowl who I will never forget, <laughs> so it's perfectly reasonable for people to never forgive me for this. But Penn State is going to win these next two, I think. And I think they're going to be nine and nine, and they were just five and nine in the Big Ten. And again, I just, I, I don't know, man. This is, it's just, I don't remember a season like this uh, ever. That Penn State was five and nine, and you and I, or, or anyone around the program, was like, probably still have a good chance to make the NCAA tournament. Yeah. No, you, you haven't seen like that. And I think a lot of it is to the credit of Penn State and their resiliency of Bob being able to, like you said, go on this winning streak and have the ability, uh, the ability to continue to win games and you know not fall in a dunce like we like we just spoke about in other teams about how they're kind of just trending downwards you know and Penn State had that uh, the the option to do that and they decided to you know what you know we're not going to keep going down we're going to turn this season around and, and, and start trending back upwards and that's what they're doing right now and a lot of it too is just how deep and crazy the Big Ten season has been this year you know guys are beating up on everybody and you know what I mean and like I, I mentioned last week or two weeks ago in, in the podcast about how I missed the powerhouses being powerhouses in top 25 teams and I think for us we how many top 25 maybe we have three three now you know at, at one point it was only one you know what I mean I Something think the new pool Indi- just came out yeah and I will, Indiana Indiana jumps in I can and they find fall that information in and out. for us here yeah please Indiana falls in and out and Illinois was, you know, ranked 25 at one point, and Northwestern now is top 25. I think Rutgers 
snuck in there for a week as well. So it, it, it's it's all over the place. The teams that you don't expect to be there are there, and 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 the teams are literally just beating up on each other. Outside of you know we we spoke about it, Minnesota and Ohio State right now. Everybody else has seven seven wins and seven wins in a Big Ten. You know, and it, so right now that is just a bunch of you know guys is beating up on each other, and they made a strong survive. And uh, you know, for us, we want to be the strongest. And, you know, we want to be top four in the, in the Big Ten and, and have those double buys when it comes to the tournament and, you know, sneak our way. I think if they win the next four games, they sneak their way up into the top 25 as well because they have a big – they'll have a top 25 win against Northwestern if they can – Northwestern continues to do what they've been doing. And, you know, a quality win over Maryland as well. Yeah, and, and so for posterity's sake, Purdue is number five in the country. Uh, by the way, Purdue has now joined the fray and decided to get beat up on as well. Uh, I thought yeah. they were above this the entire season. They are not. They have uh, mm-hmm. they have stooped to the uh, the dregs of the conference and, and getting their ass kicked on occasion as well. Uh, Indiana number seventeen, Northwestern number twenty one. Uh, Northwestern, I find this very funny on the AP Pool website. Uh, I'm assuming it's because they're not ranked that frequently. Most teams, like you can click the team name. They don't yeah. even you can't even click Northwestern's name because I don't they're. They're just usually not there. And there's no logo on the AP mm-hmm. website, uh, which I find very funny. Uh, but Maryland is receiving votes as well. Uh, they got 14 voting points and Illinois got two voting points. So, mm-hmm. listen, we talked all year that Purdue was like seemed like it was the only team ranked. Like, I think as it gets down to this time uh, of the season, people are realizing like, oh, the Big Ten's just beating up on each other. That's why there's no like these are good teams. They're just yeah. like, you know, everyone's beating up on each other. And you have a bunch of like good but not great teams and one great team in Purdue who also again is susceptible uh to apparently like I didn't know I don't know when this happened but uh, at some point Northwestern became like the best uh home Big 10 team in mm-hmm. the conference like I don't I don't know what Can happened we- there beating Purdue at home beating Indiana at home beating Iowa by 20 at home in a row all three in a row Oh yeah see I I, I think I have to, you know, I have to give this shout out to, you know, Taylor Battle, you know, obviously a Penn State legend. Great. You know, was, you know, one of my yes. older guys when I was a freshman and kind of showed me the ropes. He is now coaching at Northwestern and he's coaching his younger brother, Boo Boo Booey, that's at Northwestern. That's been having a great season as well. So I think for me, I, I had to before you I know you were about to jump on. I wanted to make sure I give a shout out to them and congrats to Taylor how tremendous he's been doing now and even even boo boo as well because he used to be at penn state shooting in the gym all the time when we were there and they're 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 killing it right now they won five straight and like you said you know who would have ever thought that northwestern was a hard place to go in and win when i was when we were there we were sitting there like oh man we're going northwestern nobody was there they maybe had a couple hundred people there everybody we used to always say everybody studying and getting ready for the test and now they've become something. It's hard to go in it. It's hard to go in Northwestern and win. They they they've got the crowd behind them. They got the players playing tremendous basketball right now, and they're knocking off teams left and right. So credit to them as well. And um, Taylor, man, he's doing. I, I know he's had a big impact there, and you know it's awesome to see that as well that he's doing that. But I'm still rooting for Penn State when they play against Taylor. And at home against Northwestern. So we're we're looking forward. Or is that game at home? Oh, it's at Northwestern as well. Oh shoot. But it's at Northwest, right? So yeah, they go yeah. into the the house of horrors and now have yes. to deal with that too. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I mean, I'm still rooting for it. You know, I think, I think, I think Taylor's a little bittersweet both ways. You know, obviously rooting for his brother and in a team he's he's coaching for. But I know he has love for Penn State and because it's a, a team that is you know, you know, giving him and giving him a chance to play professionally afterwards as well. 
And he even coached there for a year. So I, I know he, he has some ties there and it'll be happy, a win-win for him either way. Yeah. And, you know, those three home wins are part of a five-game winning streak for Northwestern. Like I said, apparently Welsh Ryan Arena became a house of horrors for opponents <laughs> at some point. I will say, like that Purdue game, uh, I was so this the game was on Super Bowl Sunday and I was trying to use anything to distract me from the Super Bowl that was about to happen. <laughs> so I was just trying to watch anything else. I watched a full game of SMU Wichita State that I think went to three overtimes mm-hmm. uh, and and that finally got me across the finish line to 6.30 that night. But that Northwestern game, like Zach Eady had gashes on his arms from getting fouled, and they were not called. Like those yeah. calls were – so like, hey, I mean, sometimes you get the home whistle. Uh, Northwestern, that one definitely got the home whistle, but credit to him. Five in a row is not easy in this conference, uh, especially against two of the three ranked teams. Uh, yeah. Again, against an Iowa team yesterday that is good, ostensibly good. Um, and like you said, Taylor, he was an assistant at Penn State for one year. He was going to be the or for for yeah for one season under yeah, Jim yeah. Ferry, and then he was a, a assistant to the head coach, I believe, just before like he got named to Micah Shrewsbury's first staff mm-hmm. before taking the Northwestern job because right. it was an, an actual assistant coach job and you know mm-hmm. moving up uh, in the world and, and obviously getting the chance to coach Boo is you don't get that opportunity much yeah, right yeah. like I think you kind of take that chance when you can get it but yeah he is. Uh, he is as good as it gets. Uh, you and him on uh, playing on the same teams. I think hmm. a lot of people have really fond memories of those yeah. teams. Uh, I think they hope to have some fond memories of this team in uh, yeah. thinking about this one in the same way. Uh, you know, it is. Uh, it's getting to that time of the year, but like there is, there is also one guy, and I think now is the the time to talk about him and the word on campus with Jalen Pickett, yeah. who is one of the best players in Penn State program history one of the best players in the Big Ten, and the best point guard in the country, right? Like, it is uh, – I – so I've watched him for two years. I've, I think I've gotten to know Jalen uh, pretty well. He is – so I ha- he's a big uh, superhero movie fan. I have mm-hmm. a full tattoo sleeve of Marvel uh, hero superheroes. Yeah. So if we, him and I have talked about that stuff. Like, he's a, you know, very personable. You get to know someone for two years, and I did not see this coming. I thought he was really good. I thought he had a chance to be an all-conference player. Uh, I did not know there was an All-American in there. Uh, but yeah. There very much is. And I think it would be not a travesty, but like it would be a disappointment um, if he's not an All-American at this point with how incredible he's been. We said earlier, my math was wrong. It was not 72 points. It was 73 points. Listen, I do words and not numbers for a reason. <laughs> but 73 points over two games. Uh, you know, with a 41-point game in there that, by the way, is not his career high. It's a career high for a regulation game, but he put up 46 against Quinnipiac a couple years ago in a triple overtime game. Uh, so he's almost put up 50 before, uh, mm-hmm. which is just incredible and I think says a lot about how good he is. He won ESPN's National Player of the Week. Uh, the Big Ten Player of the Week will come out later today. I'll be pretty surprised if it's not Jalen Pickett, right? Like, it would be kind of shocking if it's not him at this point. Uh, he has been incredible. Like it is, he shot 40 shots over those last two games and scored 73 points on them. And the biggest thing, by the way, they're calling the fouls. I mentioned this earlier. They're calling the fouls. He has shot, I think, 13 free throws over the last two games, which might match his season total. That's hyperbole, but like it feels (laughs) like it's kind of close given how few calls he's getting. I know he shot like 50 some before that, but still, like it is, it's, I mean, it, it is a transformation from really good player to, I said this early in the season, I think I tweeted it out that like he's going to go down as one of the best. Uh, I don't know where he'll stand like historically because he's only been here two years, but he's one of the best players to ever play at Penn State. And I think there is an argument that we are witnessing the best 
season in mm-hmm. uh, in Penn State men's basketball program history. He is uh, he's incredible, right? Like it's yeah. ridiculous. He, he he's been phenomenal. You know, even if you take away the forty points and the thirty points games, it's even the, even his worst games. You know, he still stuffed the stat sheet. When you look at even the games that he didn't play well, he didn't shoot well. It was a twelve eight and seven or 10, 10, 9, and six. You know what I mean? He was he was he's always stuffed the stat sheet. And you know, like you said, it would be a crime if he's not an All American because he he's done it throughout consistently throughout the whole season. And, and when you look at the Penn State team, if they are to make the NCAA tournament, for them to be able to make the tournament, he's the most valuable player to even get this team and will this team there. And like you said, it, it's a must. I don't know who who he's up against, and I'm, and I'm sure there's another name. I'm sure Edie's up there as well as in the Big Ten, and there's some other high high profile names. But you know, I if he doesn't, you know, what I mean, just know that he's an All American in my eyes. You know, and I don't know how far that goes, but you know, what I mean, hopefully he knows that you know the guys that have come before him are looking at him like, man, he's doing something phenomenal to be able to do that in Penn State and do that like you said he's only been there two years and the numbers he's putting up and and to be able to do that stuff against Big Ten opponents is huge because we all know how tough it is to be able to do that you know and he's putting up these numbers and you can't do anything but you know I mean get this guy you know a a round of applause and I know for me I know you know I hold the Penn State single season assist record and he he's very close to breaking that and I'm sure he's going to break that this week so Jalen if you are watching this and, you know, I'm going to make sure I tweet you and make sure you do watch this. I want to tell you, man, congratulations. What you've done is phenomenal, man. You and and I've heard nothing but great things about you as far as being a leader and being a uh, being a man. So continue to do that. And obviously the assist you know, that is something that's not easy to do, but you've been doing it. You know, and you you built the confidence in your teammates to, for them to be able to make shots and you and you find them in a the right in the right spots to put to make them successful. And that's something that you know, will take you a long ways, especially in your professional career, is being able to help others and being able to put them in the right position and, and make the, make their life easier. So obviously, congrats to you, man. I, 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 know, I know you're going to break it, man, but so congrats. And keep going. You know, make it, make it, make it. Now you got a couple, you got four more games and then the conference, man, can stretch it out as long as you possible, man. Go get 50 more assists and make it, make it untouchable. But yeah, man, Again, congrats, man. You've done a tremendous job. And, man, it's an honor to be able to obviously cover you throughout this podcast and to see it, that how great you've been. And, you know I mean, I know the the accolades and the trophies and everything will start rolling in after this season. Well, yeah, and first off, there you have it, the first ever Tim Frazier All-American, uh, Jalen Pickett. Uh, the, we have – that is listen, we may as well start naming him now. Uh, yeah. But, no, I, I think, you know, you you nailed it, right? He mm-hmm. is – when you, when you start accumulating those assists, it's – your teammates have to trust you to put them in the right positions because they have to, part of it is like, especially with the way they play, sometimes you just got to stand in the corner and know that he's going to find you, right? Yeah. You, you I, There's the urge to like be active for some guys. Sometimes it is, you know, trusting that when you come off that screen that he's going to get get you the ball so you come off the screen hard and, and you mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You put yourself in position. So that is, there's such a level of trust that, that they have in him, that the entire team, the entire coaching staff, everyone with the program has in him yeah. uh, that I think put him in this position. Not to mention, by the way, like he—it's not the Penn State record, but his scoring total for his career is two thousand and fifty-four. Mm. He's not far off from being like what would be the all-time leading scorer in program history, right? Like he—he's not going to get it again because it's only been two seasons. But like, it, had he been at Penn State for all five seasons, like there's reason to believe he would have gotten that too, which is crazy, yeah. right? And, it would—it it is. 
this season is something that I, we'll probably never see again from a, from a college basketball player, just in general. Because, again, we talked about earlier, guys across the country don't do this. He's averaging, what, 18, 7, and 7, essentially, yeah. and he's doing it efficiently on, with scoring. Like, it's it's incredible. The last person that I was able, that I saw it in firsthand when I was playing in the Big Ten that was kind of around there where he just dominated the game from points, assists, and rebounds is I hate to say it because he's a friend of mine, and I'm sure he's watching this, is Evan Turner. You know, Evan was able to dominate games with points. No, we don't need to do this. You know what I mean? So, and and, and so that was the guy <laughs> I was able to see do that. And and then you could see their games. It might not be similar, but the way they control is back and post ups and take and take over uh, games and make big shots when needed. And so, you know, Evan, all American. You know, I mean, there's no way. That's what I believe. Pickett is, is the same. And I know not just myself, you know, I, I, you know, I can't speak for these guys, but I know the guys that have come before, like come before Pickett in Penn State uniforms and the DJ Newbill, Lamar Stevens, Taylor Battle and, you know, all these guys. And um, I know they're watching as well and they've seen it, how, how he's continued to put Penn State on the map with his with his with his numbers and how he's leading his team. So I, I, I'm sure that everybody else is watching to see what else he can do and see how far he can take this team. And I, th- I think actually Evan is a is a great comparison, right? Yeah. Like the, um, the stat stuffing part of it is you know from just from like a, looking at their their body mm-hmm. of work, but mm-hmm. also when you watch them play, right? Like yeah. Evan on some levels was in or- unorthodox at Ohio State. Uh, he beat you with size. He beat you with strength. He beat you with those post ups, those those mid range shots that you couldn't get a hand in his face. That being said, he's three inches taller than Jalen, right? So mm-hmm. there's some. Uh, there was some uh, inherent advantages that he has, and uh, right, he used his height more than Pickett mm-hmm. does. Pickett creates more space, I think, on those jumpers. Sometimes a little, little shoulder into the chest on the step yeah, back for Pickett, yeah. which gets him all that that room he needs. Uh, Evan probably got more foul calls, <laughs> I, I think, yeah. in his uh, in his two years than than Pickett has in his two years at Penn State. But yeah, I think like the the comparison's a good one, right? It's that type of player, the kind, the guy that leads your team. Uh, to wins to where you want to go as a team, not just like there are plenty of guys you see uh, will stuff numbers and, and put up big numbers. And then it's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, the team went 0 6 in those games. Like, right. did it really help? Uh, you know, and like with talent around them, like Evan was the kind of guy who had talent around him and, and, and you know, elevated it with his play. Uh, and uh, Jalen is the kind of guy that has talent around him and he elevates it, right? It's, I always call it's compare, I always compare uh, floor raising and ceiling raising. Floor mm-hmm. raisers to me are guys that can get you to a certain level but can't take you further than that. Yeah. Ceiling raisers are guys who, when you have talent around them, they will elevate it beyond belief. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Draymond Green types, if you will. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I think Pickett is in that group. He raises your ceiling, uh, he makes everyone around him better, he improves your team. Uh, tremendously and like we've seen it like the last two years have been two of the best seasons we've ever seen in Penn State men's basketball history this season might go down as the best season ever uh, you know like you said he's going to break your record here soon he is a uh, phenomenal player like just yeah. an, an unbelievable player by the way when he does break the record I think this again this says a lot about him it's not his career high for assists in a season he had 221 <laughs> his freshman year at Siena like he's he's been doing this right yeah. like he just was at Siena and wasn't get, like that's the crazy thing like a I don't think he got the proper recognition this season from from uh, folks outside of the people paying close attention. Uh, I think the Big Ten has, has given him the proper uh, attention, especially on broadcast. Yeah. You hear guys really talk him up. Um, you, uh, but but I don't think nationally he's gotten that kind of attention. I think he's earned it, uh, and I think it's you know you 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 hope for the kid that he gets the attention he deserves, right? The accolades yeah. that he deserves, and uh, like I said earlier, it couldn't happen to a better guy too. Everyone. I talked to loves Jalen. I 
did a story on him this time last year when he told me he was probably coming back this season. I talked to his mom and his brother who were a huge part of his life growing up along with his grandmother. Um, but like, I just, I think about like his mom talking about like how much he wanted this, how, how kind of advanced he was for mm-hmm. a basketball player at every age level. Right. Like when he was like, he was like drawing up plays before he, he should be drawing up plays. Right. Like he was, yeah. he was calling things out before he should be able to call them out. And like, just a tremendously, you know, smart basketball player, tremendous on the court. All of the uh, athletic gifts that he doesn't necessarily possess, right? Everyone <laughs> calls him old man pick for a reason, right? Like it's just he's uh, he's not he's not that guy, right? He's not going to beat you with the speed and the flash, but he's so consistent and so good. And I think sometimes when you call someone consistent, it gets like I don't mean like he's consistently good. I mean he's consistently excellent. Yeah. Um, and I, like I said, I think fans should cherish that because who knows when when that'll come around again. I agree. Go ahead, the last go times we saw this was like eleven years ago when you were doing it. So no, 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 no. There's there's been some other greats that have come in after me <laughs> and even before me. I, you know, I'm just I'm just happy to be. Oh a no part doubt. Of that. I'm saying, but do, doing it this way, right? Doing it with the uh, like there have been great, like you mentioned, Tony is was is. Oh yeah, Tony Carr. Sorry, 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 sorry. Tony Carr for sure. Like, mm-hmm. All of all of those guys. Yeah, all of those guys are excellent, but the the way he does it reminds, uh, not the way he does it, the the the, the result reminds me of, of you mm-hmm. in those ways, right? Because yeah. Tony is like one of the best scorers to ever play at Penn State, not to mention like one of the best passers to ever play at Penn State, but there was, and this is of no offense to you, there's a level of scoring that maybe you didn't possess, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. there was, Tony was like getting all three levels, just firing from 35 feet, like what we always called battle range. Uh, mm-hmm. He was doing that. Uh, and Lamar was a very different type of player, but, but Jalen reminds me of you in that, like, maybe there's like, I don't know, maybe it's that, that I don't think that you necessarily got the recognition that you probably deserved at the time, uh, not to gas you up because as you know, I really hate doing that. Uh, but the, uh, like there's a similarity there, right? That you both like maybe in 10 years, people will look back and appreciate it more and wish Mm -hmm. they had appreciated it more when it was happening. I appreciate that. You know, but like like I said, there's been so many, and I and it's just been special to really watch him, and you know, to see it. And I think you said like not a lot of people have done it that way. And I think there have been a lot of great scores there, you know. But to be able to do it with assists as well is, you know, is, is to put others first. You know, a lot of times because a lot of times Biggie can take these shots, but he put others first, and that was something that I've that's been my staple throughout my whole career, even when I was younger in in middle school and high school and. It, you know, I mean, I did the things that needed to be done and, and, and just for the team to win. I didn't mind. I, like, you know what I mean? I'd rather have gotten 20 assists than get 50 points. You know, that was always my thing because I was just felt like, God, it's harder to get 20 assists because, you know, it's, it's not depending on you, you know, than it is to get 50 points. And that's always been my staple. And I can kind of see that in his game as well. He knows how tough it is to, to set others up and, and get it. And, and, and get the assists as well. So, you know, credit to him again, you know, for breaking the record, which he will do in the next couple of days. You know, I mean, if not the next game, you know, the game after that. So, again, he's been special. You know, he needs the credit. He deserves the credit. And I hope the fans, like you said, cherish this because this is something special that you they're able to witness. And, you know, I mean, because, you know, he'll have a long professional career, I believe. And, I, and it's something that you're going to watch and see his name for a for a long time and you're going to wish you, you know, if you didn't haven't seen him play in person at, at Penn State, you know, you're going to wish you were able, you had the opportunity to do that. Yeah, no doubt. And just to, to sort of finish the discussion off, there are not a lot of guys in the country who could put up 73 in two games. Mm-hmm. There's one guy in the country who can put up 73 and rack up 16 assists. 
right? In college yeah. basketball. Yeah. Men's college yeah. basketball, at least. Caitlin Clark can also do that in oh, women's yeah. college basketball. She is electric. She is. But in special, men's college yeah. basketball, uh, yeah. In, in men's, it's it's Jalen, right? Yeah. Just, it's it's incredible. Uh, but I think that's a good place to leave it. It is, uh, it, we've said it a million times, it's an exciting time of year. Uh, yeah. I think of me being on the outside a little more like enjoyable, right? It's, I don't feel the stress, right? I'm sure you as, as uh, you know, program legend feel like a little more stress watching these games than I do, right? Like it's, uh, I, I'm here to tell the story. I enjoy telling the story. Good stories are fun to write. Uh, but it's it's exciting, right? Like I love good basketball. And this is really, really good basketball, man. And I think it's going to be excellent down the stretch. Uh, but that's a good place to leave it. You can find us, uh, as always, right here uh, on the Nittany Gritty. You can find it anywhere you're listening to pod. You can listen to podcasts, including wherever you're listening right now. Beyond the Big Ten is a network of podcasts that aims to be your go-to resource for all things Big Ten. We cover the entire conference with shows hosted by ex-players and athletic alumni, aiming to be your go-to source of information and entertainment for your favorite team. Hosted by ex-Big Ten players, media, and insiders, our podcasts are focused on giving diehard fans and those alums an inside scoop about the teams and people that make the Big Ten Conference one of the most watched and most talked about conferences in sports. We're excited to talk Big Ten basketball with you wherever you may be. Subscribe now.